The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. Hey, Richard. Darren. So I think uh, hot on the heels of, uh, of last week, I think personally we have another um, revelation, extremely inspiring communicator that we can, uh, who yet again shows us how the Nine Freedoms is being studied on the higher realms. Yeah. Um, but before we jump into today's show, I think something very exciting to share, especially in light of the recent UFO revelations that have been made. So I thought I'd hand it over to you for a moment. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that um, this week, uh, as you know, we mm. were marking the 65th anniversary of the rally that Dr. King held, possibly the first rally ever. In about you calling for governments to tell the truth about what were called then flying saucers that's the yeah. word they used to use yeah which is the sort of the scout's craft shape yeah and uh, we did, we shot a video we went up to trafalgar square early in the morning actually the day before and shot a video that's myself ayub and jamie uh which then we could we put up on on tiktok and elsewhere on the day uh, on wednesday of this week yeah uh, to mark it and we also had a beautiful extract from a clip from Dr. King giving an ITV interview in 1958. If people are interested, they'll see it oh, on yeah, my website. Oh, yeah, they should definitely go check that yeah, out. It's amazing. It's very, very yeah, good. Yeah. But what I wanted to mention, though, because there's so much talk about physical phenomena, uh, particularly, you know, it used to be table wrappings. And in the, Blavatsky, the great Madame Blavatsky had a number of physical phenomena around her. But, of course... One of the great physical phenomena of this period of history is UFOs. And on that day, in the evening, my wife Alison and I go out for an evening walk most evenings. Yeah. And uh, nice. we always pretty well look for UFOs, you know, as we walk. Yeah. And particularly Alison, actually. And sometimes it can be, nearly always they aren't. She, she you know, will say, that could be, and then we follow it, and then mm. it's a plane or a you know, something else, an Earth satellite, all the things it could be. Right, right. And right. we rule it out. And we've had a few sightings over the years, but they've always been lights in the sky. But on this day, this will be Tuesday, the 22nd of August of this week, uh, we had a, a really good sighting at 8 p.m. Um, almost as soon as we walked out the door, and it was of a flying saucer. It wow. was the scout craft shape. It was grey. It was that, um, and it, as it travelled, it turned, and you could see that the, the bottom side, it was completely solid. I'm always very sceptical, by the way, so I spent an hour checking out what drones might look like. Yeah. It was nothing like a drone. It was so, a, so it was close enough for you to be able to make out the shape like that then? Yeah, we couldn't see portholes. I mean, okay. there have been, I mean, John Stevenson, one of our members up in, in uh, Yorkshire, he had a, a sighting in Fulham at Parsons Green Tube where he actually saw, the, the I think, the the portholes and the wow. rim of the craft and, wow. and so on. But it wasn't that close. It was about, I, we're estimating 500 feet up. All right. And it was, we're estimating, it's hard to judge, 30 mm. to 40 feet in diameter. Wow. But it was that shape, that sort of flying saucer shape. And it, I wouldn't even be talking about UFO sightings on this show particularly if it wasn't the timing of it. it we had been to Trafalgar Square that day for totally. that reason and it was a flying saucer specifically, not some of the many other shapes and sizes which are seen now. And, and you know, lights and sky colours, things that, that must be extraterrestrial spacecraft, the, the tic-tac, the, all the other things that have come along, the cigar shape. But this was the, the scout craft shape, and we saw it for about five minutes. Um, and that, that was us. Two hours later, Ayub, from Ethereus House on the terrace, 
saw a quite a short but definite UFO sighting, white ball traveling along. And the next day, the 23rd itself, at just past midnight, from his flat in Fulham, uh, on the terrace, he and his wife went out and he saw um, an object as well, a UFO as well, that he said could not have been anything this is, else. This is, this is Jamie Bates. So, so all three of you. The three of us who went to Trafalgar Square that morning to mark that occasion <laughs> all had sightings within, well, less than 48 hours of filming it in the early... early it was, we went up about 7.30 in the morning to avoid crowds, yeah. stood where Dr King had stood, and, you know, people can check it out. But I just... The, I wanted to give this as an example of cosmic cooperation, which I've seen many times before... You know, I've done radio shows where during a show, uh, without going into all the UFOs, actually come down, mm. immobilised a car. The show has actually been lengthened by two hours live as a result. Wow, yeah. You, you do get these, these things. But to have all three of us... Jamie, I don't think, had ever had a sighting before. Wow. Ayab has had, I think, before. I think but, he has before. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have, but not a clear where I could see the shape of the craft and the solidity of it uh, before. So. I mean, one thing that I find, you know, maybe it's not you know, immediately obvious from that, but a lot of people criticise some of the UFO disclosure being made now as just, you know, well, these are government secret projects and all that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, wouldn't, that would not explain the situation which has happened now, which is that no. we have, you know, put this message out there and, and immediately has come back with three sightings for the people who were there. I mean, there's no yeah. way that could be... Yeah. Some, you know, government spacecraft. No, and I mean, that. I stress, I'm, you know, as soon as Jamie and I have told me about their sightings, I look, could it, we get, could sure. it be a meteorite? And we have to rule that out. Could it be a, an Earth satellite? And so on. You have to look at all the possibilities. The object that Alison and I saw was soundless. Uh, it wasn't illuminated. There weren't lights coming from it at all of any kind. Uh, because that's what rules out a lot of sightings. Yeah. Oh, oh, dear, there's flashing yeah. lights. It's an aeroplane. Um, it was definite, yeah. Yeah, because I, 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 I guess the point I'm trying to make, if UFOs were only from Earth, only from our yeah. governments, yeah. that would not have happened. No, no. Exactly. And they're watching us, and they're reacting. And as I say, it's like a cosmic version, I think, in this particular case, because of the timing of mm. it, of some of the phenomena around early theosophists yeah. and so on. Yeah, no, I think that's incredibly inspiring about that cosmic cooperation point, mm. because it just goes to show... That it's greater, you, actually, yeah. than the early... And, uh, you yes. know... <laughs> Talking of early theosophists, but we'll, 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 <laughs> yeah, we'll what come on we're really meant to talk about. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's 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 in this particular case, I think it's a very marked thing. Mm. And all these sightings were separate. Yeah, we weren't together, uh, but within that short period of time, yeah, marking that day. Wonderful. Thanks for sharing. I think okay. incredible, inspiring for our listeners to hear that, to know about that cosmic cooperation, and mm. to see that you know we take a step forward and they're taking a step yes. towards us yeah. as well. But I just want to put in for the sake of listeners and viewers. You don't have to see a sighting <laughs> at all to believe in these things. And what matters is the teachings, the truths. If you never, ever see a UFO, it doesn't matter at all. Uh, and I can, um, I can say, you know, I've personally not seen no, one myself. you don't need so to. to that category. But this yeah. is interesting, you know, in terms of showing yeah. everyone, not yeah. just the three of us, yeah. that they're marking the occasion themselves in yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah. completely, mm. completely. Thanks for sharing that. So... Um, just bring us back to the show then for today. Um, now, before I ask you to just reveal this next communicator and, and share with us the message you received, I thought maybe you could just summarize very briefly how exactly you received this message, because some people may not be familiar with yeah. this kind of So just to right? be clear, we, we, we've covered in the last two shows, yeah. Dante, Tolstoy, 
um, all talking about the nine freedoms of yeah. Sir Francis Bacon. And we've had quite a response, haven't we? We've had a, a lot of support, a lot of interest in it. And so I thought, well, you know, I'm going to pull one more out the bag here because <laughs> okay. I sit on these things and I don't want to. It's not, it's not sure. about me. I mean, I, I'm, I do channel and I channel accurately. Mm. Uh, and I, you know, there's no point in saying I don't. And I've worked at it for 40 years and mm. I was trained by a master. There's a reason. I think people who say they channel should give their credentials and some of them don't. Mm. And some of them don't think you need to. Mm. And anyone can say, I channeled this, I channeled that. Why should I believe you is a very fair question. And there are two ways to judge that. One is the credentials of the person and the methodology of the person. Yeah. And the other, of course, is the content of the message. So this show isn't about my channeling, but it just so happens that these, pe these individuals, and this is kind of the last in the series, really, today, mm -hmm. in this particular what, series, um, are commenting on the nine freedoms, <laughs> which is our core teaching. And this particular uh, person, um, which we're going to talk about, Madame Blavatsky, mm -hmm. the, the great Madame Blavatsky. I, 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 she's kind of a hero. I don't, do you say hero or heroine nowadays? I'm not sure. But if it's hero... <laughs> Probably hero. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's quite a hero of mine. Mm. I think she's an amazing woman. Uh, you know, her strength, her, her, absolutely her faith and her knowledge mm. is quite outstanding. And she gets criticised all the time. But I th and still to this day, which is a tribute to her, actually. Mm. But she really, really is an amazing person. But she, her, she contacted me, and, and the message that I'm going to read shortly was actually three years ago. But I would like to mention also that she contacted me, and I got a message from her, and I was reminded of this by our, our technician, oh. Jeremy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, just before our first spiritual freedom That's show. Incredible. Because her whole thing now is is pushing the nine freedoms. Like others on the higher realms, they're studying a lot of things, especially the actions of adepts and so forth. But they are also studying the nine freedoms. This is very important to her, and uh, she, I believe, wants it to be a practical thing. That's one of the, mm. the criticisms some people make of theosophy, is mm. it's not practical enough. Mm. She's very, very, seems to me anyway, fixed on the idea this, this, should, this is a practice, not just a set of teachings. Yeah. Um, and she's been pushing that. So just before our first show, if you remember, she, she gave a message about half an hour before it of support, essentially, for what we were about to do. And the, our guest, unbeknown to you and me, the first person he That's mentioned right. in That's his, right. what we used to call the moment of truth, That's right. that was Jack Stafford, was Madame Blavatsky. So yeah. these, these synchronicities I don't know what are, you would have thought at that moment when that came out. It's it was very like... interesting. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. gosh. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, there's a lot of synchronicity mm. uh, around. Some of it's arranged, like mm. these UFO sightings are arranged. Sometimes it's like arranged by the hand of God, yeah. I sometimes feel. Yeah. And it, it's, a, it's a kind of a karmic expression. I, rem I remember so. that moment of truth because Jack was talking about um, an experience he had in, in, in Chennai, which is actually where the international headquarters of the Theosophical Society was established. And, right. to, and he mentioned Blavatsky by name. Yes. So just, I, I mean, as I was saying, I just don't, what you must have thought of that moment, having yes. received that message just before. <laughs> yeah. It's great. I mean, yeah. the other thing I've, I would like to say, and I have not been asked to say this by anybody at all, mm. um, and certainly not anybody uh, in the Ethereum Society, but I would like to say that there is no obligation. I don't want to cause any um, confusion with anyone at, at all. 
this isn't official ethereal society teaching. It's not actually teaching anyway. Um, and you know, there are, if you happen to be a member of the ethereal society, it's fine by me if you either don't really believe what I'm saying about this, or even if you don't know. And you, you, you know, and some people feel, yes, I'm absolutely sure, I do believe Richard on this, mm. fine. But it's not a requirement, and it's not part of our doctrine. But I would also say that in Dr. King's lifetime, he did, um, you know, I talked to him a lot about these things, and he did publish an article in which I did talk about some contacts I'd had. It's in 1987 in Cosmic Voice. Mm -hmm. And one of those was with Madame Blavatsky. So uh, it is, he was fine with me publishing that. Mm. So that's the background. You can check it out if you wish. Great. Well, let's. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more. Also, I mean, you talked about credentials and coming back to that, but just for a moment, just maybe in a nutshell, how you received this message in yeah. the first place. Yeah. So first of all, I, I'm fascinated. Maybe it, it might sound arcane to a lot of people, but I'm really, really fascinated by channeling methodology. Okay. And <laughs> well, actually, yeah. okay. the absolute, I mean, I was going to say the Rolls Royce of, of channeling, but, it, you know, whatever you're Bentley yeah. or whatever, yeah, yeah, you're, you yeah. know, the, it, the pinnacle of it in history, I believe, is Dr. George King. And I want to make it clear that I don't know, and I'm including in this Madame Blavatsky herself, any medium or any person who channeled uh, who used the method that Dr. King used. I think we've said that before. The method that was used to, to, to bring the yeah. nine freedoms. Sure, yeah. Um, it was completely different. And his back training, I mean, there's one wonderful thing about Dr. George King. He tells you what he did. He tells you how he did it. And he, he, then it's recorded. Mm. You have it absolutely on the record. You can form your own conclusions. Yeah. But he tells you he trained in yoga for 10 years for eight hours a day before becoming a channel for cosmic intelligences. He was a medium but he, he, before, but not for cosmic intelligences. So he did this rigorous training. I've looked into... Early theosophists, because I, the reason I mention them is they are a bit of a benchmark for some of the t great teaching that was delivered before the Ethereum Society in a channeled form. I'm calling it channeled. They, they don't necessarily all like that word. I think Madame Blavatsky comes out well because she um, does talk about her backstory, some disputed, but I don't, we don't care about that. Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. She does tell you what she did, which is right. go to the to Tibet, learn under Mahatmas in the Himalayas for two years, I think she said, travel to various other parts. So she has some background in training uh, that, it, that we, that, you know, never mind past life training, which is, of course, key, actually. But mm. in this particular life, because you have to do it in this life. Even Dr. King did it in this life, right, and he was an right, avatar. Right, you know, he, exactly. That but he still needed so. to do it. Mm. And she did some training. Some of the early theosophists, I don't really want to name them, very well-known ones who, mm. who brought some great things, didn't have a, a much training and backstory. And one of them in particular seemed to go off the rails, Maybe as a result, um, you know, I don't want to go there really, but it is vitally important. And so when you ask, you know, my methodology, it's actually the same 
things I noticed that Madame Blavatsky mentioned of hers, which okay. is... My, my phrase for it is psychic mediumship. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I was going to describe what Dr. King did, it would be somatic mediumship. And right. that puts it on a completely different level from everybody else. Yeah. It makes it a much higher state. It means that someone can talk through him uh, instead of hit him taking dictation, as it were. Yeah. Later, he did mental transmissions as well. And later, he only did mental transmissions. But the bulk, things like the Nine Freedoms, the Twelve Blessings were transmitted through his voice. So you get the voice and you also get the accuracy. Yeah. So you get the very high quality. Because he was in Samadhi, he can gain rapport with these high intelligences because you have to be in rapport with them to be their channel at that moment. So he could do that, but he also had the accuracy because of his... I mean, Samadhi is... is concentration to the power of x x x x x x x and so he had the complete focus he wasn't he, he couldn't even remember the message he didn't even know the message till he heard it back because he was so focused on the state and the accuracy and the condition and the beam that he was focused mm -hmm. on and he's he's described all this in quite a bit of detail it's mm -hmm. a kundalini practice now madame blavatsky i would put uh, and I think now, anyway, she'd be quite fine with this in the category of psychic mediumship, mm -hmm. as I would Alice Bailey, too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Alice Bailey, um, it's not so clear with her uh, which bits of it are her oh, yeah. and which bits of it are... Because the collaboration, she claims. ...the master yeah. DK who mm -hmm. spoke through her. Um, and, I mean, that might be quite honest of her to say it's a collaboration, but it's not that... I, it doesn't totally... With all due respect satisfactory in my humble opinion mm. i'm not comparing myself to her but from a mediumistic point of view she didn't really like mediumship anyway as a thing and didn't regard herself as a medium i see so it was very honest but i'd much rather know exactly what the master dk said and what she and said, what she said. Mm. and if you if you can really that. do that that takes it much more concentration and training i think to do that but that's not taking away from her. That's just. But Madame Blavatsky said she used clairaudience, clairvoyance, and telepathy. And okay. so, to answer the long-winded answer to your question, those are the things that I use as well. Okay, got it. So this is a message received in well, at least two of those ways, I suppose. Yes. The... Well, so I will always use telepathy. Okay. As a minimum, mm -hmm. um, I prefer to use clairaudience, which will mean that I will hear, not physically hear but psychically hear. And by the way, psychic hearing can be more present than physical hearing. Really? Yeah. And so can clairvoyance. You, you know, you could see someone psychically if you're able to, for example, mm -hmm. it doesn't have yeah. to be a person, but if it yeah. is a person, and they have more of a presence in front of you in your room, you can feel their presence and note their presence on occasions, if you, if you can really do it, than if they were a physical person was wow. in, in the room can be very, very present, but it's not physical in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, so in the, it's, I'll always use the telepathy. I much prefer to use some clairaudience as well, if I possibly can. I always will. Um, you know, it's all down to my, you know, my capabilities at the time. Sure. Because then you, you also, with clairaudience, I do recommend it for people. I don't really recommend channeling, actually, for anyone. Sure, sure, I, sure. I don't think, by the way, anyone should do mediumship, trance mediumship, where an entity speaks through them unless they're capable of samadhi. Mm 
That's my opinion. It's, it's, a, it's a very controversial, probably quite unpopular one. But I think if you do it, doesn't mean you won't get a person, but it won't be that accurate because mm. you've lost control. You haven't mm. induced it in a completely positive manner. Mm. And you, I've tried it wrongly many d- decades ago. Sure. Okay. Uh, th- in the early 80s, I tried it myself. I found I lost some will and I made some mistakes. Okay. So lesson I, there. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, Dr. King is very humble. Mm-hmm. So he'll talk about positive trance and negative trance. But what he really means by positive trance is somatic trance, it seems to me. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know any medium who uses that, Never who's capable of using that. Yeah. Um, so I would keep away from that. So the best thing is clairaudience telepathy if you if you are going down that road but then you've got to really train yourself the clairaudience though helps you to know that it's outside of you Mm. especially in the early stages sometimes you're not sure yeah sometimes it doesn't matter but you know it doesn't matter as long as you you're honest about the claim and and Alice Bailey was very honest you know she said this is a collaboration Yeah. yeah and she didn't seem to know sometimes who was which was who um you still get some great stuff yeah um i i'm i'm guessing it was frustrating for the master dk that i'm guessing that Uh, i think i my guess is he would have preferred it if she'd been able to get him and then she can do her commentary like dr king does in there you know what's him you know what's master to six Mm. um so that and then if you get the clairvoyance that means you will see the person I, i i have done that it, it's not on... Mostly I don't now. Okay. Uh, but sometimes you do. Sometimes it's very, very vivid. One contact I had was with somebody called Count Cagliostro. Oh, yeah. Sat down in my office and I... And it was... And, <laughs> and it was... I'm talk about a presence. I mean, whoa. Sorry, mm. I'm getting way off topic here. <laughs> but I was able to describe him in quite a lot of detail. And then... And I, I didn't know who he was, by the way, at all. And then look, looked up the picture and, you know, there was a portrait of him. Virtually wearing the clothes. He must have put on the... Yeah, for that reason. For that reason, the clothes that I saw him in. Yeah. 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 So that's a terrible... Sorry, a very long-winded answer. No, no, I think it gives good context to how this is received. Mm. And, yeah, let's hear it. I mean, I think Madame Blavatsky, just before we leave her, I think in her... What I glean, because it's not sometimes... Like, if you take her works, like The Secret Doctrine, Mm. which I believe now she would want us to move on from. Sorry, theosophists, (laughs) but I think she would now. But... It was absolutely crucial at the time. And my goodness, she was a brave and gutsy person. Totally. And, and she did it. But she sort of said some of it was memory. That might have been also because there she was, you know, a Russian woman in the 19th, people who don't know who she was, in the mm. 19th century, a divorcee, which would be frowned upon in Victorian England still probably mm-hmm. by some people, pioneering all these things, um, you know, on her own. Um, and it was very difficult. And I th- it may be, my guess again, or more than a guess, I, I think she um, found it, you know, much easier to, to, to give her source, her, her earlier training I and see. her memory of what she'd learned. Mm. Uh, but she also definitely received dictation and she also um, saw, was used clairvoyance. So the, her, um, the Mahatmas, as she called them, yeah. would present her with, visual references mm. to help her with the writing of the secret doctrine, see. for example. Almost like showing you a book reference you can yeah. use to write something. kind yeah. of might yeah. be a form of remote viewing or it might just be a projection mm. of an image she needed to guide her in, in yeah. her writing. Yeah. 
All right, well, with that background, yeah. let's share this message. So this was three years ago now, and I've given it the name Step Forward to Cosmic Freedom. And it is controversial, and, and some people will not like it, the fact that I'm... You know, both the content and the, the very that fact that I would that. claim I to see. have a message from her. Yeah. I want to say, by the way, she's not um, an ascended master. Uh, I think I should give a little backstory. up. I have two... Um, anecdotes. One was from a man called Tom Curtis, who, who was actually on phases of Operation Starlight and recorded The Twelve mm. Blessings, was around in the early days. And he told me that she was being taken round the Holy Mountains by Sir James Young Simpson, who was one of the early communicators through Dr. King. Wow. Um, and another was uh, Jimmy Gurley, another very early committee member. And he told me that he was at a, a, a transmission, not, not a cosmic one, uh, but, a, but a mediumistic one that Dr. King received where guidance was being given about the appointment of the next secretary of the European headquarters. Okay, yeah. Um, and uh, she was present at it. She didn't speak through Dr. King, but she was giving advice and present at that occasion when it was being decided who that would be in the early 1960s. So she was that so involved. So she was that involved. There is mm. a connection there, mm. um, I, and I've always felt it. Uh, I... The experience I had, I, I just quick, which the Dot King published, oh, yeah. was, was when I um, saw, I, I had just become secretary and, and I was only 26. And I was, even Dr. King said, you're, you're too young, but it'll have to be you, basically. <laughs> um, and I'd taken, a, I was, I'd become secretary, and I'd, I was finding it very stressful. Mm. And I, was li I wasn't yet a close friend of Dr. King's. I mean, I, I, you know, sure. he was my teacher, my master, but I was, we hadn't become the friends we later became. And I was quite nervous, and it was, it was a big thing. And she appeared in my room. Well, I could see the, a black and white photo. I didn't really know much about her then a black and white image of her, and the words turn back to Buddhist detachment. I, but did I, you know it was her when you saw that image? I think I did. Okay. I think I did. Um, I, I think I probably did, but wasn't absolutely certain. certain. Okay. And I wasn't trained like I am now in sure. channeling or anything. Sure, sure. So I wouldn't even... It was, it was just sort of the beginnings of me. Mm. I was starting to become more psychic and so forth. Um, but it was quite helpful, and I now know what that means more than I did then, mm. why she would say that to me, turn back to Buddhist detachment. I see. But she, because she was a Buddhist, I believe, herself, actually, in, in that life. But she, um, the next morning, I, and I received completely unexpectedly in the post a brochure from the, which I hadn't asked for, from the Theosophical Society, addressed to me, and on the front cover of the brochure was that very picture I'd seen the night before. Yeah. And funny enough, we, we were talking about this, and I think I was on the phone to you, the show we're going to do right now, that uh -huh. we're doing now, oh, yeah, yesterday yeah, yeah. afternoon, and in my office also is Nikki Wood, who's my PA who works there, has a computer there, and as we were talking about this, a picture of Madame Blavatsky came up on her Google search... <laughs> With, with Colonel Alcott, the two of them. Oh, Colonel yeah, Alcott yeah, was her yeah, yeah. person who helped her. Yeah. On her computer. And, um, you know, I said to Nikki, you, you must have searched there yeah, because yeah. it's algorithms. They we wouldn't just... No, she hadn't put anything into that computer about Madame Blavatsky at all. So these are little bits of synchronicity. Yeah, that, are, like that enrich are, this whole story and the that, magic Yeah, of it, so that's, that's some of the background. But let mm. me read this message. May the 26th, 2020. Stick to the path taught by the master you follow. 
I did to my great cost on your realm, but to greater claim here. That is the difference in levels of advancement. So too will those who remain true to your master be heartily appreciated here, even if they were not there. We have simplified our teachings in the light of recent cosmic wisdom. It feels as though a burden has been removed from my shoulders by the simple, direct words of the Master Etherius and Mars Sector 6 to name two of the most profound oracles of truth the world has ever seen, and yet without unnecessary complexities of explanation. Yet, meditation on their words reveals more depth than can be found in any writings by me. Please quote me on that. I learn from the Nine Freedoms in particular daily, by study, but especially by practicing it, as so many of us do here. I once told you to turn back to Buddhist detachment. I now tell you to step forward to cosmic freedom. Wow, it's such a rich message, isn't it? There's, there's, there's a lot in there that, yeah. you know, I, I, I find particularly fascinating how she's sort of like directing people now towards the nine freedoms, having yeah. been, you know, the person who brought to us the secret documents and all these other teachings as well, um, almost heralding in like a new age of, of this cosmic wisdom that we have now here on Earth. Yeah, and I think the, the reference to, well, there's a couple of references in there, I think. One is, uh, I feel like a burden has been removed mm. me because she was known, she had this tremendous, which is a mark of real advancement. Real advancement is a person who takes on responsibility. Good point. Not necessarily responsibility that someone's given them, responsibility that they know they have. Mm. And I believe she felt responsible for you know, preparing people for the new age and giving the teachings they would need. Yeah. And I suspect that, in fact, it's said that some of her, I don't know if they were her last words, but some very final words said, I believe, to her secretary were, you know, please keep this link or something. Uh, do not let my last life be a failure. It, it wasn't her, her last life because... Oh, I see. She'd yeah. have to come back and yeah, in order to ascend. To ascend, yeah. but it yeah. might. It, for all I know, and I don't know, it might be the life, the final life before that. Who mm. knows? I, I wouldn't know that. But um, it was shows her sense of responsibility, mm. and I think that's what she's referring to—the burden. I don't think it's just a personal thing for herself as an individual. Mm. I think it's a, the burden of her responsibility and whether her teachings were sufficient and what she did was enough. I see. Now that this has come along, I see, and they and the, that's one thing. And the the bigger thing that I get from this is the practicality of the nine freedoms. Totally. Something we've tried to bring out in the spiritual yeah, freedom totally. show. Yeah. Now, these aren't they are teachings, they are philosophy, but they are things you can use. And I'm sure they let's take the fifth freedom. I'm sure they're using that, mm. um, you know, on, on the highest realms. Yeah but she, she will be on one of the highest realms, I would think. And you know, I'm sure they're applying that. I mean, applying it literally, you know. In other words, practicing timelessness and all the things that are... They aren't theories. They, they are things you do and things you experience. Yeah, I think one other thing I'd mention, I guess, as well, is something you've brought out on the show before, similar to that, to that message, is that um, um, she talks about how 
Um, meditation on their words reveals more depth that can be found in any writings by me. As you, as you, we've talked about how you can just go deeper and deeper and deeper into mm. the nine freedoms and mm. continue to mine the depths of this profound mm. cosmic wisdom. Yeah. And as your own realization grows, so too does your understanding of what these nine freedoms really mean. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I think that's an incredible endorsement. And we found on the show, haven't we, the more we talk about it, the more Absolutely. we realize, and on yeah. it goes. It's like a, yeah. it's an, you open a door. That's been our journey. With it's freedom. amazing. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I think we coming back to the nine freedoms um, because there, there's another endorsement, and this time not mm. from a, in a literary form, right? But from you know one of the great. She called herself an occultist. I mean, occultist is a word that's taken on a funny meaning nowadays, sure. but literally means revealing the hidden. I think in her case, it's about mm. what's hidden, occultism, yeah. um, and she revealed a lot of it. And she goes, so she she's a real. She would go down. I would think, and I don't know. That the likes of Dante, Tolstoy, Sir Francis Bacon would probably defer to her as being even greater exponent than they, although their writing is outstanding and they're more than writers. I mean, they sure. are yeah. all mystics in their yeah, own indeed. right to different degrees. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, I found out just haphazardly after doing this week oh, yeah. that Tolstoy and Madame Lavatsky had a good um, connection and that they admired each other. And when they were both alive. When they were, yeah, mm -hmm. and he, he studied the, one of her works, The Voice of the Silence, and, and praised it. And I believe she translated some of his writings. Really? Even. Wow. I, I think she did with Dostoevsky too, but yeah. But he'd, he had died and Tolstoy hadn't. Yeah. I see. Well, I guess it's no surprise that him as a mystic would have been drawn to those teachings at that time. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I would like to bring it back to Dr. George King. Mm. And Please do. He was in a whole different league of his own. And because I, I, I think even Madame Blavatsky, who is as great as it gets in terms of past individuals of what we now say channeled mm. uh, higher beings, and th these were Mahatmas, these were ascended masters in her case. But even she, I think, would say she wasn't 100% accurate. Uh, I'm sure very accurate compared to most people. It's very difficult to be 100% accurate <laughs> and you have to really work at it. And, it, you know, uh, I know, I mean, I've worked at it for thousands of hours just on working on channeling and nothing else and psychic development apart from everything else. Yeah. So it's not, you know, something that just happens. Yeah. Some people think it is. If it does, it could happen, by the way, but you won't be very accurate unless you have training. But this really epitomizes what we've got here in the Ethereum Society, and it's said by Mars Sector 6 on July the 21st, 1964. Search as you will throughout the world that we refer to as terror. You will never find greater teachings, more simply given, greater truth with less distortion than you find in and through Mental channel number one. And that, of course, is Dr. George King. And brings us right back to the nine freedoms. It does. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Everybody, it's Darren here. Thanks for tuning into the show. Now, if you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe for more wisdom from the nine freedoms. If you'd like to find out more about the nine freedoms, about Mars Sector 6 by Dr. George King, go to our website, thethetherius.org. Richard and I love hearing from you, receiving your comments, your questions, and your spiritual experiences, and talking about them on the show. So do write to us, share them with us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. Always remember that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. See you next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.